Wonderful to be here this morning. I thoroughly enjoyed that message and uh, thank God for his divine presence. Well, I believe in separation of church and state. I believe the state ought to keep their nose out of the church's business and the church ought to be involved in all government business. And uh, so I'm very, very grateful for our preacher and uh, for the messages we've already heard this morning. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Now, Brother um, talked about, Brother Bobby talked about the jail food. And uh, from what I understand, it is horrible. Some of the worst you ever eat. You say, how do you know? Mrs. Ellis told me all about it. <laughs> so I'm joking. Good to have her here today. And I'm very, very grateful for uh, the message that Brother Barnes preached. I'm amazed how the Lord put it together. I thought there for a while, maybe uh, the Lord would lead someone else to preach because he came very close to the subject matter that the Lord has laid on our heart. Uh, please take your Bible and go to the Old Testament book of Leviticus in chapter number 20. And we'll stand again in reverence to the reading of the scripture. I know we were just seated. Uh, but for those that are able to stand, if you'd stand in reverence to the reading of the Holy Word of God. In Leviticus chapter number 20, we'll read two verses in verse number 7 and verse number 8. Sanctify yourselves therefore, and be ye holy, for I am the Lord your God. And ye shall keep my statutes, and do them. I am the Lord which sanctifieth you. Our fathers, we bow before you this morning. We thank you for what our hearts have felt and what our ears have heard. And we thank you for the decisions that have been made at the altar and in the seat this morning. And I pray, our Father, for your divine power, for your divine presence. God, may you help us this morning. May you help your people. Bless every man that will stand behind this place and preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. Those that will stand and sing, may your good hand be upon them. Our Father, if there's one here lost today, I pray the Spirit of God would convict them. Show them their need for salvation. And then, Lord, I would pray that you'll encourage your people. Help us to be a holy people, a separated people. For we ask and pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. In our text today, we find that Moses and the Pentateuch, writing under the divine inspiration of the Holy Ghost of God, God spoke to him and through him and said that we were to sanctify ourselves and be a holy for I am the Lord your God. And ye shall keep my statutes and do them for I am the Lord which sanctifieth you. In the context of the scripture, we find that we are commanded to live holy lives. I want to speak on the subject matter of holiness this morning. I was up early and the Holy Spirit of God led me repeatedly to this text. And I'll confess to you, I struggled with it, with the Lord leading me. I wanted to preach from another text uh, that God's been dealing with me about. But the Holy Spirit would not get uh, this passage of scripture, Leviticus in chapter number 20, off of my heart. We need holiness in the generation in which we live. If there's one thing that is missing in our day and age of Christianity in our churches and in our homes, it is holiness unto God. And I believe Brother Barnes hit it right where it needed to be hit this morning concerning sin and righteousness and holy and righteous living. 
Notice in the text, if you would, for just a moment to look at some of the preliminaries and post-text that we have read today. Notice in verse number three, uh, of course, the book of Leviticus is laying down the law and God is dealing with the sins of his people and he is setting statues for the people of God to follow after. Notice, if you would, please, in verse number three, he said, I will set my face against that man and will cut him off from among his people because he hath given his seed unto Molech to defile, watch this, to defile my sanctuary and proclaim my holy name. And so here God says that his sanctuary had been defiled. They had defiled also his holy name. I'm not going to say a lot here this morning, Brother Barnes. I believe hit the nail on the head with that is concerned. Notice if you would please in verse number five. In the latter part of the verse, he says to commit whoredoms with Molech from among their people. And so he talks about the corruption in the place of worship. Now he talks about the corruption and the whoredoms taking place among God's people. And now in verse number six, he talks about familiar spirits and wizards who go, and those who go a-whoring after them and follow after them. And this has become prominent in the day and age in which we live. And I've got news for you this morning. It is not just the sinner that is going after these. It is also Christians and their fallacy that are following after familiar spirits and also going after wizards and that which is of witchcraft. Now notice in verse number 9. He says, for everyone that curseth his father and his mother. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. But notice the context in which God commanded the children of Israel to be ye holy, for I am holy, saith the Lord. And so we find now the rebellion of the people of the children of the people of God. Now in verse number 10, he said, the man that committeth adultery with one another or with another man's wife. And I'm not going to take the time to go through all of this this morning. But it was in a vile time, in a corrupt time, when God laid the Levitical law down and said to the people of God, I want you to be holy, for I am holy, and I am the Lord your God. Now I want to speak on the subject matter of holiness. According to our text, notice in verse number 8, the Bible says, And ye shall keep my statues and do them. So God has laid down the law. He has commanded that they keep his statues, that they be holy for he is holy. And notice what he says, I am the Lord which sanctifieth you. Do you know what holiness is according to the definition of our text? It's a lot of things in the Bible. But the one thing that stands out, holiness is being sanctified, set apart from the world unto the Lord. We need some holiness and sanctified living in the day in which we live. Now I want to look at three things or three aspects very briefly this morning on the holiness of God. First, let's look at the characteristics of God and his holiness. Did you know the first time uh, the word holy is used in the Bible? It was in a song uh, that was sang by Moses and the children of Israel when they'd come out of the land of bondage in the land of Egypt. And it denotes the holiness of Almighty God. It's found in Exodus in chapter number 15 and verse number 11. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods, a little g? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praise? 
and doing wonders. May I say to you the first time that holiness comes in the Bible and he showed up, it's in songs of praise and lifting up the holy name of a righteous God for his power to deliver Israel out of the land of Egypt and the land of bondage. Thank God for the holiness of our God. The last time it's used in the Bible is found in the book of Revelation in chapter number 15, verse 3 and verse number 4. And it is a repeat of the song of Moses in the book of Exodus in the beginning where it is used the first time in the entirety of God's eternal word. And the Bible says in verse number three, and they sang the song of Moses, a servant of God. And in the latter part, in verse number four, he says, who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praise? Holiness is of the Lord, may I say to you this morning. And I believe that the word holy in my study of the holiness of God is used more than any other adjective in the prefix of God. God's eternal name and holy is the Lord. And as we consider the matter, we, we consider the holiness of Almighty God this morning. I thought about two men in the Bible that had the privilege of hearing with a refrain spoken day and night before the throne of God, the phrase, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. We find it in the scriptures and no other attribute of God is repeated three times in the scripture except by these two men. In Isaiah chapter number 6 verse 1 through 3, the Bible said in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings, and with twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet. And with twain he did fly, and one cried unto another, and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And here we have Isaiah, who saw for the first time the trying use of the word holy. And he stands before the throne of God, and his train has filled the veil. And they call out, and the beasts say unto the Lord when they beheld him, Holy, holy, holy. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. And may I say to you and I this morning, God is a holy God this morning. John also had the privilege of hearing this refrain in the book of Revelation in chapter number four and verse number eight. And the four beasts had uh, each of them six wings about them. And they were full of the eyes within and they rest not day and night saying, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. God was holy from the beginning. God is holy today and God will be holy tomorrow and throughout all eternity. I'm here to say to God, uh, before God today with you, that we serve a holy God and when we stand before him we'll hear that resounding voice holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty 
Let us join the ranks of Isaiah and enter into the very presence of God. And there with him we shall proclaim as he proclaimed in Isaiah in chapter number 6 and verse number 5. When he saw the train fill the veil and the presence of Almighty God, the Bible said he fell before him and said, Woe is me, for I am undone because I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And my friend, when we stand before him, every secret sin of our heart, every open sin in our life, every motivation that was wrong before God, and every deed and every action, when we stand before him and they cry out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Down on our knees we'll go and profess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He is a holy and a righteous God. He demands holiness from you and I. Holiness refers to the character of God himself. God's holiness is matchless and it's without equal. God is the standard. He's the plumb line that we should measure ourselves to. There is none like him. He is God. In Isaiah 40 and verse number 25, to whom then will you liken me or shall I be equal to, saith the Holy One? May I say to you according to Isaiah's question in Isaiah 40 and verse number 25, I believe according to the Bible I can give a small answer to that question. May I say to you this morning, that he is unmatched in his beauty. He is unequal in his majesty. He is unrivaled in his love. He is unparalleled in his wisdom. He is omnipotent in his power. He is omnipresent in his presence. He is omniscient in his knowledge. He is subject to no one. He answers to no one. He is above us. He is beyond us. He is holy for he is the Lord God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 2, verse 1 and 2, And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. And notice what Hannah said. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee. Neither is there any rock like our God. And Hannah said, our God is holy. The Bible says in Luke chapter 4 and verse 34, even a demon declared him to be the Holy One of God. The Bible tells us that God is a holy God. Pilate said, I find no fault in him. Pilate's wife said, have thou nothing to do with this just man. Why? Because God is holy. Then let's look briefly this morning at the characteristics of a holy man. John was declared to be holy by Herod in the scriptures. In Mark 6 and verse number 20, for Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just man and holy, and observed him, and when he heard him, he did many things and heard him gladly. May I ask you this morning, we know of God and his holiness and I could spend a substantial amount of time this morning on the holiness of God. But I believe we know that this morning. We're aware of the fact that God is a holy God. God is a righteous God. God is a just God. 
So this morning, what are the characteristics of a holy man of God or a holy man? The Bible says in this passage of Scripture that Herod feared John. What put the fear of God in John's life? What was it in John's life that stood out above the others that caused Herod to fear this man of God, this disciple of Christ, John? The Bible said, knowing that he was a just man. May I say to you this morning that one of the things that marks a holy man according to our text is a man that is holy is a just man. He is a righteous man. The Bible said in holy, and the Bible said that he observed him. A holy man, when he is under observation, will point to God in all of his righteousness. He'll be sanctified and set apart for the master's use. The Bible said, and when he heard him, and that tells us that when Herod heard John speak of this power and the Holy Spirit of God upon him, and as he preached and taught that he got the ear of this man Herod and he heard him and the Bible says that he saw the many things that he did in the following text and then the Bible said that he heard him gladly and I believe a righteous man is worthy of being heard this morning the Bible says in Hebrews 12 and verse number 14 follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord May I say to you this morning, there's not a time or a moment in our lives when we should not exemplify the holiness of God in our life. The Bible tells us in 1 John 1 and 5, this then is the message which you have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And a holy man has no darkness in his life. A holy woman has no darkness in their life. A holy man or a holy woman or a holy child, a holy man of God has no secrets in their life. There's no darkness in him for the Bible said that he is light. And I say to you this morning that if we're going to be holy, there must be no darkness, no secret sin. There must be nothing in the darkness and the shadows of our life and our mind and our heart and our soul that displeases God this morning. For we want to be holy unto the Lord. The Bible says and speaks of us having one mind with God. And holiness is being of one mind. It has been in agreement with God concerning his judgments. It is hating what God hates. It is loving what God loves. And it is judging our life to the standard of the Bible, God's divine book. The Bible tells us that a holy man will avoid sin. A holy man will attempt to avoid sin and he'll attempt to keep God's commandments in his life. He'll have a mind toward God, a desire toward God. He'll have a greater fear of displeasing God than he will a fear of displeasing the world. A holy man will strive to be like the Lord. He'll not only live a life of faith in him, but he'll labor in faith. The Bible says in Romans 8, 29, that we are to be conformed in the image of his son. And so I ask you this morning, if you want to be holy and I want to be holy, are we holy? How we've met the requirements for the holiness that God has laid out in his holy divine book. 
The Bible says in 1 John 2 and verse number 6, He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. Do you walk like Christ? Do you talk like Christ? Do you live like Christ? Do you listen like Christ? Do you see like Christ? Do you live and eat and breathe and live your whole life like Christ commands us? Be ye holy even as I am holy, saith the Lord. In 1 Peter 2 and verse number 1, For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow in his footsteps. I would like to say this morning, I praise God and I thank God that salvation is instantaneous. There are some believe that it's a progressive work. They have a problem distinguishing between salvation and sanctification. Salvation is instant. Sanctification can be a progressive in that as we grow, we begin, even as Brother Barnes has challenged us this morning with the sins of our generation. As we grow in the grace and knowledge and wisdom of Christ, we put aside the cares of this world, the sins of this world, and we move toward God, toward, and we become more separated, more sanctified, more holy toward God. That's what Moses did in the scripture where the Bible said that Moses chose rather to suffer the affliction of the people of God than enjoy the pleasures of Egypt. He looked at God and the people of God. He looked at Egypt and the pleasures of Egypt and between the two and according to Acts, he was 40 years old. He made a conscious, cognate decision and as he looked and evaluated him, he said, away with Egypt, away with the world and I'm going to take God at his word and I'm going to adapt my life to him and I'm going to live holy and righteous unto the Lord. You cannot hold on to God with one hand in the world with the other. God is holy. A holy man is faithful in his duties. A holy man will fulfill his God-given responsibilities to his home, to his spouse, to his children, to his church. And any other areas of of responsibility or ministry that God may lay upon him. If you're here today and you're shunning your God-giving responsibilities, you are not a holy man nor a holy woman. For a holy man and a holy woman do not shun the presence and the responsibilities that God's laid on him. The Bible says in Colossians 3, 23 and 24, Servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service and men as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. And he closes by saying, for you are to serve the Lord Christ. May I say to you today, we go into a lot of churches these days and preach in a lot of different meetings. And I can testify to what Brother Barnes has preached on a moment ago and many other missionaries, evangelists, and pastors can testify the same. But may I say to you today, I believe one of the reasons we have so many men that are falling and failing in the ministry, failing in the homes, and the divorce rate is skyrocketing. And I'm not condemning and throwing rocks with anyone that's gone through a divorce. But my friend, the, the reason we're living in the day and age we're living is because there is a lack of holiness in the home and holiness in the heart of the child of God. 
And God said, Be ye holy, even as I am holy, saith the Lord. Holiness is commanded of the Lord. Then let's look at briefly some characteristics that destroy holiness. In Isaiah 59 and verse number 2, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. In verse number 1, he talks about the Lord's hand being shortened. And his ear heavy that he cannot hear. I ask you this morning, is your sin separated between you and God? When you call out to God in your crisis, is God's ear heavy that he cannot and will not and refuses to hear? Because God knows the heart and the depth of the sin in our heart and in our lives and in our soul. I mentioned to the church yesterday that God said in the Old Testament through the prophet, incline thine ear toward me. And the word incline, it literally means to cup or to bend the ear, to stretch it forth. And God said, I want you to bend the ear. I want you to cup it and stretch it forth to heaven. And I want you to hear my word. For I am holy. And the reason you're not getting your prayer answered is because there is sin, there is iniquity, and there is a separation in your heart and your soul before me and you. As we consider the matter, deceitfulness, separates and destroys holiness in our lives. In Psalm 24, in verse number 3, he said, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. We live in a day and age where people are of God are deceitful. They live in a world of a little white lie. And God said, Be ye holy even as I am holy, saith the Lord. And God has no little white lie, no little sin, no little hidden secrets in his heart. If he did, it would cease to be God immediately. Deceitfulness. Lying to the church and lying to the preacher. We have two examples in the Bible, Ananias and Sapphira. And we know what happened to them. Lying to the Holy Ghost of God. Samuel said to Saul, I perform the doing of the Lord. And Saul said, Then why do I hear the bleeding of the sheep? Deceitfulness. To cheat on our taxes, to cheat on our tithes and our missions commitment and our commitment to offerings and to serve the Lord and to do what is right. And God cannot bless it. God will not bless it because God is holy and God demands holiness. 
than worldliness. And I don't have to preach on a lot of this. Brother Barnes already ripped it all right out and I put it right down the line. And I say a hearty amen. So you saved me some time this morning. Praise the Lord. Worldliness. The Bible says in verse number 13 and 16 of 1 Peter 1, Wherefore, gird up your lines of the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end of the grace that is brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy." Worldliness. I was talking, Pastor was talking earlier about just doing what we're told and the preaching of the Bible. I remember when I got saved and gave my life to the Lord. Before I got saved, and I don't say this too often, uh, Miss Ellis would be shocked I said here, but my hair was a long way down my back, about midways. And I got saved and gave my life to the Lord. In fact, I got pulled over by the police one day and uh, she, the police was on my side and said, I'd like to see your driver's license. So I had to pass it, or he's on the passenger side, pardon me. So I had to give it to Miss Ellis, hand it to the police officer. She looked at it and she said, Lord, if I'd known you ever looked like that, I'd have never gotten a car with you. I said, shut up. Don't, let him, don't give him any more ideals. He's got enough. And so I got saved and gave my life to the Lord and I got my hair cut down to my shoulders. Well, that was a lot for me. My pastor at the time, Roy Gentry, came up. He said, son, he said, Christians don't look like that. They look like men. Get your hair cut. Well, I didn't ask why. I didn't ask him for the Bible verse. I just went out the next day and got my hair cut. I came in. It was kind of cut straight around to the bottom of my chin. Well, it was off my collar. He said, get it off my collar. But he didn't say how high. I didn't know. I came in after a day or two in church. He came to me and said, now, listen, boy. He said, I appreciate all you've done. But a man needs to get his hair cut over his ears. I said, okay. So I went and got my hair cut over my ears and it's been cut over my ears ever since. In fact, if it starts to touch a tip of it, it drives me nuts these days. And I was called to preach. He said, now that's what you're supposed to look like the rest of your life. And I won't go into all of that. But come ye out from among you and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Step aside from worldliness. And I agree wholeheartedly with what Brother Barnes said. Many churches we go into today, the tattoos, the colored dyed hair, the body piercings, and just the form of ungodliness. You say, the Bible didn't have anything to say about those things. Maybe you need to talk to one of the preachers that are here today. The Bible has much to say about body piercing and markings on our body. And then in Psalm 90 and verse number 8, Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of God's divine countenance. I'll be revealed someday. And I dare say that there's not a single young man, young lady, man or woman that's sitting under the sound of my voice today to what we do not have a secret sin in our life. Yeah. 
A sin that we hope that our spouse never finds out about. A sin we hope our children never is revealed to the truth. A sin we pray to God that our church and our pastor would never find out. A sin that we would pray and beg and plead that God never reveals to the public. I'm reminded years ago when I was in the western half of the United States for 18 years, there was a church and they were trying to starve the pastor out that quit tithing, didn't give him his salary. And he prayed about it and felt the Lord was leading him to go ahead and move on down the road. And so his last sermon was God's hit list on a Sunday morning. And he began to preach against the tithes and he'd looked at all their financial records of the church and the givers and the members. He said, when he come to the end of his sermon, he said, I'm going to show you God's hit list. And he took the stick and pulled it down and listed one by one was every church member that had quit tithing and how much they normally tithe and how much had robbed God. He said, now this is God's hit list. And he walked out the side door and went to the house. Now that's a little bold and a little harsh and a little brass, you might say, but my friend, may I say to you that someday we'll all stand before God and the secret sin in the heart and in the life of every child of God here this morning will be made known. Yes, sir. Be you holy as I am holy, saith the Lord. You see, God knows our heart. The Barnes mentioned about pornography. Over 12 years ago, a survey estimated that over 25% of all professional male adults in America are hooked, not just view, but are hooked on pornography. I believe it was in 2018, the last statistic that was given, one pornographic website was visited multiple millions of times and hours. In fact, there were so many hours that were viewed on this one website of pornography that it equaled out over 500 years of viewing in one single year. I was at a church some time back and I was doing a family meeting and as I got into one particular subject matter, I was planning on just skipping through my notes on the subject matter of adultery. When I got there, the Holy Ghost of God would not let me leave off of that subject matter. And I lingered for over 45 minutes in that class. And I had no idea until some years later, it was revealed that even the pastor was hooked on pornography and had been for several years. And then only years later was able to look back and know why the Holy Ghost of God led me to preach on that matter. Secret sins. You know what will hinder Jubilee meeting this week? Secret sins. You know what will knock the shout out of a child of God and the rejoicing in the Jubilee? It is the secret sin, the worldliness and holding on to the world with one hand and trying to cling to God with the other. Be ye holy as I am holy, saith the Lord. In Hebrews 4 and verse number 13, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him of whom we have to do. 
and in the darkness of the night and the secret of the closet and the secret chambers of our heart, God looks over the banister and the eyes of the Lord go to and fro upon the earth, beholding the good and the evil. And God said, be ye holy even as I am holy, saith the Lord. What God is literally saying is, I want you to live like me. I want you to walk like me. I want you to talk like me. I want you to think like me. I want you to talk. Everything you do is to be like me. Amen. What is holiness? Or what is holiness demands his grace provided in Christ. My sin was put on Christ. He took them to Calvary and there they were nailed to the cross and there he shed his blood to redeem me in my fallen state of my sin. Thank God for Calvary. All my sins are gone and I can be holy because he is holy and lives in my life. Now I stand before God my sin forgiven, accepted in the beloved, I've been granted sonship with all of its privileges. I'm a child of the king. Yes. Now I'm going to get ready to close this morning. If we can get you to come to the instruments, is it okay, preacher, to extend an invitation? In the forest of northern Europe and Asia, there's a little varmint. It is snow white and it can't stand to get dirty. In fact, it is a prey that is very easily hunted and captured or killed. The hunters take advantage of the situation and the circumstances because they will go and they will actually find where this little varmint lives and they will stain it with mud and murk and mire. They'll turn the dogs loose. A little marmot will run to its den or its cave. When it gets there and finds it, it will be soiled if it goes into its den. It'll choose to be captured, killed and torn apart by its enemy rather than stain or soil its coat. May God help us as Christians that we'd be so committed that we would not stain our souls with this world. You know, if you're sitting here today and you say, Preacher, I've tried to be holy. It just don't work. I've struggled. There's things in my life God knows. I would like to encourage you to check your salvation. Because God says and commands in the scripture that if we have been saved, we belong to him, that we have the power to be holy, even as he is holy. I don't know tonight or today what might be your need, but I'd ask you for just a moment. Would you be willing to come and say, God, make me holy, even as you are holy. I lay my life my future, my past, my sin, my hopes on this altar. I want to be holy. Fathers, we bow before you. I would ask you that you'll take the few short things said from the scriptures today and all the messages that's been preached. 
Use them for thy glory and for thy honor. Help us to draw an eye to God that he may draw an eye unto us. Give us the power, the strength, the ability to be holy, to be separated, to be different from this world and to be consecrated, sold out to the master. Help us to be holy because you command it. Help us to be holy for you're holy in Christ's name. Preacher. Amen.